Oh man, this cannot be a good sign. Pouring a cup of coffee. At 11 o'clock at night. And smoking a cigar. Well, that's a good sign. Nothing what wrong with that. Has our, oh my gosh, this is a big cigar. Well, they didn't have smaller ones in these kind. You can change it out if you want. What has our life come to? People, please do not try this at home. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. All right, welcome to episode 39. We are so thankful and glad that you are willing to spend your time that you could choose to spend anywhere, really in the entire world, listening to anyone, uh, listening to us. And we really want to take advantage of this time that we have right now. So we're going to do that by lighting our cigars for a few seconds while you sit there and wait. (laughs) You can meditate. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure Ben has cooked up something great for you. I believe in you. You are not a co-host. Okay. Actually, you know what? Hang on. Maybe I take it back because you did bring the coffee and the cigars down. Yeah, what more do you want from me? Seriously. I don't want more from you. You just well, don't want me actually, to have... Actually. But, that's... no, I want but you. That's... It's just not accurate. Yeah. Can I just be called a supportive host? I think, yeah. Okay, I think if... You can be a co-host if I'm the executive host. I don't care. That's me fine neither. with me. Okay, let's talk. Let's do it. So, what do we got written down here today? Oh, okay. One is this. I have got a dirty joke for you guys. Are you really going to? Oh, I you're am. Really, you really are. Okay. But first, uh, I haven't even told you about this, Cammie. We are going to have an advertisement. Um, I know I said I was going to wait. Um, for episode um, 100 to do any ads. But then I saw that um, Anchor, the app that we use, actually had this advertising advert- uh, like button, and I clicked it. I never clicked on it. And it said that one of the ads I could have is for the actual company that we use to make our podcasts. And we oh. get about $8 an episode, give or take. The ad's not going to be on YouTube. It's only going to be on the actual podcast. And I was like, eight bucks? That'll cover our cigars. I mean, no one else is paying for them. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a product that I actually, I don't mind schlepping because normally I hate, like, being like, oh, we use coconut oil lubricant. And we don't. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to push it on you. We use strawberry nipple stimulant. Wow. (laughs) You took that. In a certain direction, just you know, so flown with what you were saying. So if you her um, if you want to hear the dirty joke, you gotta make okay, it. First thrill. of all, you started with the dirty joke, like you said. I'm gonna I'm gonna say dirty joke. So if you think I'm the one who took it in the direction, whoa, whoa, whoa. it's really you. Take it easy. I'm supporting the direction that you just took You're it. A supportive host. 
Um, so if you want to hear the dirty joke, you got to wait through our ad if you're on the podcast. Mm, okay, so theory, I think that was the break where they would we would put the advertisement in. Okay. But for you in YouTube world, fuck, you just... You're just coasting right now. Lazy. We're not even allowed to put ads on these videos yet until we get, I forget how many thousand subscribers, but. A thousand on YouTube? Oh, I don't know. It might be 10,000 or 30,000. I forget. Okay. okay, ready for the dirty joke? Okay, I got to get this right. So, um, these two parents had a daughter. Mom and dad had a daughter, and they were sitting there watching TV. Middle-aged parents with an 18-year-old daughter. This is not going to work. All right, fine. Just say it. And the daughter was going off to prom. So she went off to prom <laughs> with this boy. And then while she was gone, the mom and dad were sitting there watching TV. And the dad would, <laughs> <laughs> would the dad. toss these peanuts up in the air and catch them in his mouth. Well, one of the times he was tossing the peanut in the air, his wife asked him a question, and he turned his head, and the peanut got <laughs> stuck in his ear. And uh, sh the wife was, like, trying to help him get the peanut out, and every time, everything they tried, the peanut just went deeper and deeper and kept on getting stuck. Finally, the daughter and boyfriend come home from prom, <laughs> and they say, like, what's going on? And they say, this peanut stuck in my ear, and I cannot get it out. <laughs> it's not like you said penis, but can we, it's fine. <laughs> can you please not take everything that direction? We're trying to create a wholesome environment for our listeners where they can be edified and informed. Okay? Um, They've come to the right place. <laughs> um, so sure enough, the boyfriend says, oh, I know how to deal with this. So he put his two fingers up the dad's nose and says blow out your nose and the the air went through the air ear and sure enough the peanut popped right up um so right before bedtime the husband and wife were talking and the wife said man that uh that boyfriend sure is smart i wonder what he's going to be when he grows up and the husband says well by the smell of his fingers, I gauge that he's going to be our son-in-law. <laughs> Gosh. Where is it? Dun, what, dun, what do you dun. want? That? Um, that? Or this? No. <laughs> Just because... Okay. I, I have so many different feelings in hearing that It joke. wasn't as good just here, but... Okay, so the context of this joke. you got to tell the context. We were at a fairly nice restaurant that the owner of the restaurant invited us to and paid for our meal. I would call it, it was a charity event. I would event. call it the most well-known restaurant in Cincinnati. It was a charity event, yeah. And the owner gets up there and is like... So this is like, this restaurant's been around for 50 years. I mean, it's called Montgomery Inn. Like, they sell their barbecue sauce at Costco. So it's like the restaurant in Cincinnati. And this is the owner of the restaurant telling this joke. He's like, at this private dinner. I'm going to tell this joke. I hope no one gets offended. And I'm thinking, oh, it's probably, you know, I'm I not boring. I'm not thinking. I thought he was going to say something that could be misconstrued as sexist or, you know, something like that. But like, I was not thinking he was going to go there. That was well. And then my incredible. parents are sitting directly across. across from us. Yes. 
I felt my cheeks getting red. I thought it was brilliant. But, but yeah, I was, kudos to him, man. <laughs> kudos to him. Okay, so hopefully we've got an advertisement out of the way. We got a joke out of the way. Which means that it is time for the news. What do we got today? Well, co-host Cammie. <laughs> it's kind of hard to fill in those gaps of silence. That wasn't even staged. Like, I mean, it okay. wasn't. Facebook will consider its nudity guidelines, will reconsider its nudity guidelines following outcry from photographers. The National Coalition Against Censorship, or the NCAC, announced on Wednesday that Facebook will reconsider its nudity guidelines, which currently ban photographic nudity and most infamously, the female nipple. Dun dun dun. That would be a great sound effect. Mm-hmm. I know we need more sound effects. Maybe after our hundredth episode, we'll upgrade. Okay, so what basically happened was this group of people stood outside of Facebook in New York, and you can see this picture. It's all oh. these bare asses. But what's funny is so awesome. all these people. I guess there is this like photo that went viral, but so. They're all holding. Can you see what they're all holding? They're all holding giant enlarged pictures of. Um, I think it's a male nipple. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. How do you tell? Yeah. How do you tell? Female nipples, you can't see. They're invisible. <laughs> I love. I love this picture right here. So it's just like what is it's it? It's like five hundred people, three hundred people. Women, skinny and bigger people, all different colors, all different shapes. Just their bare asses, like, staring And they're all holding this, like, picture of a nipple that's, like, the size of a large dinner plate. Yeah. it's just a nipple. It's, like, in the shape of a dinner plate, yeah. Because that's what, like, when you post a picture, that's got to be blurred. Yeah. So the NCAC is saying that this policy disproportionately affects artists whose work focuses on already marginalized bodies including queer and gender non-conforming artists i call bullshit on that i think that's just so basically what they're saying is oh this is affecting gay folks and whatever i don't know what even category uh what are the uh, lgbtq folks more than others so i think that's a power move because of pride month that they're just kind of like leveraging the current why would it be this way more than women why would that be more than women because i feel like women are the ones that are really or anyone that has a boob right yeah but it's but it really is everyone i mean it's i think it's a freedom of speech issue that's true yeah so I guess it more affects women because women can't put pictures of their tits on the internet. So if you're a woman, you can't. Which if you're a dude, you can. Women's tits are actually functional. You can show what they do. I don't know. I'm just like, how much are we missing by not being able to show that? A lot. I mean, I like seeing women's boobs. Yeah. <laughs> but like, even just bre- like normalizing breastfeeding, 
So and all that. Some of you guys know we went to a nudist resort a couple times this year, and as a result, I'm a member of a number of Facebook groups that are, um, I guess, questionable to some people, like nudist Facebook type groups. It's kind of funny actually because it's like it shows guys like cooking omelets naked. A lot of it's kind of cheesy. It's all cheesy. It's all like super <laughs> cheesy. I mean, it's like kind of ridiculous because it's like everyone doing normal things but naked. But they can never show. Here's the thing. It's a private group of consenting adults. Mm. And they can't show pictures of genitals or women's nipples. Mm-hmm. They can show everything else. You can show your bare ass. See, that's that's weird to me. What's weird to me is when you see a picture of a naked woman and her you can totally see the boobs but it's there the middle of the boob is blurred out that's just weird that's just weird that it's like it feels so like like we're pinching pennies i know there's a better phrase than that but like it's not about money but like the phrase but no but it's like so minuscule like it's, I feel like we're just like picking something. Well, you know what I think. To like, you know what I censor. think. Actually, this photo is a ripoff of is what the guy did. This artist, he took pictures, naked pictures of naked women, and he cut out their nipples, and over them he put male nipples. Oh. Uh, so then it's like, then it's legal. Yeah. But it's like what? It's so bizarre to me because it's like. Women's nipples, they, like, feed babies. You keep on saying that. Well, I'm just, like, actually comparing us to animals a little bit right now. Like, I know we're not animals, but there's similarities. And it's yeah, like, but you could say the same about vaginas. Vaginas spit out babies. You definitely could say that. I mean... Yeah. I think what you're saying is, like, they're not only a sexual object. Yeah. I mean, well, you're, you're... but even if they are a sexual object, I guess is our point. Like, why are yes, we censoring Yes, I think this? we should go there, not just... Yeah. Because I could say, oh, my dick, I piss out of it. <laughs> but... <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, but it's still also a sexual object, as are female boobs in our culture. Yeah. And I don't even... Honestly, I don't even really have a problem with facebook can do whatever the hell facebook wants to do in my opinion but it's actually shows a larger issue in our society I think. yeah I, I do think it's a little weird the other types of groups that i'm a part of not many i i change but is like birth pictures and like female birth empowerment type stuff and yeah. it's so weird that that stuff has to be censored i mean i get it like i get you can use a photo for anything like you can jack off to a picture of a woman giving birth i mean back in the day any vagina would have been interesting to me like you know just take a grab a health book and it could be a cartoon or i don't care what you, it is you were starved for vaginas really well, well if you want to get into I mean, it yeah it was i mean i don't i'm not saying that that's about or that i'm not saying that to diss you i'm saying like i mean you something said. was kept from you yeah that was should be totally normal well I, and beautiful I and great so. and yeah yeah um well, I feel like you're really empathizing with me. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, if you're going to be sexual about it, you can jack off to a women's nipples, women giving birth, man's nipples superimposed on a woman's body, or 
cartoon characters. Like, you totally can. But the role of censorship, when we start saying, okay, just in case, we better block out all nipples or all nudity or all birth pictures, which I think we have to kind of make these decisions on a global scale now because Facebook and Instagram are like these global communities where before like states and buildings and businesses and cities would make their own rules and be like, okay, well you can be nude, but you have to go to that beach or inside your house, but you can't be nude like on main street. But then I guess there's even like, where were we hiking through on the AT? Was it Vermont where you could actually be naked in most that entire state? Was that the state that unless you didn't take your clothes off in public, but you were already naked? Yeah. That was okay. Yeah, you can be naked, you, but you couldn't you take your strip. clothes off. You can't strip. <laughs> no strip teasing. <laughs> Love it. Oh, so, I mean, sorry. what do you think? Do you think Facebook should just like tomorrow be like anything? Once again, what I think is actually weird is same thing with um, Instagram. Actually, Instagram just started allowing nudity and birth pictures. Hmm. Um, it does that like sensitive. Yeah, you have to click on it twice though, thing. which is a bit of a pain in the ass. But well, that's why I'm wondering why Facebook can't have nudity on private groups like you were talking. Well, yeah, about. that's weird. Because like to me, it's like at least there's some security there. If they're worried about, I don't know, pedophilia or just like weird weird shit, like. And not only is it um weird it's all done by a computer so they have like like guys in the nudist group they would take a picture and they like stick something like in front of their dick like um like either an eggplant emoji or like a vase or something and you can't see anything but yeah. then facebook started blocking those even what because the computer doesn't know oh the, computer's the computer an idiot. is deciding i get it yeah, well, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think Facebook necess is, has to kind of appeal to the masses, and the masses probably are, or maybe the louder voices are those who want more censorship. I don't know. I think it's just safer. Yeah, and especially. I mean, who's going to, yeah, if you say global... in this day and age, if you're like, what? I should be allowed to see women's nipples. You sound like either a pervert. The only people that get away with saying that, I think, are women, or that's why it's kind of going on now because they're saying it's violating a disproportionate number of it's being sexist. queer folks. Or it's being, yeah, homophobic. Which is whatever. kind of the in group to defend. And I'm not saying they're not worth defending. I'm just saying I think they're being used right now probably as a platform or as a weapon. Because it's like the sexy thing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because it's hard use. to speak against that. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm over that. All right. Ready for the next little article here? This one, you might want to smoke your cigar. A, a long draw first. Headline, cop arrests mom for letting kids wait in car during 10-minute errand. Oh, you know, I think I heard about this. I, think so. I heard some people going off about this. I don't remember where, yeah. but... So, Okay, this is from the blog Free Range Kids by Leonard Sk 
Skeenezy. Let me guess, this was on the West Coast. No. (laughs) It wasn't? No. Oh, Actually, you know where it was, which surprised me? Yeah, where? Uh, Pennsylvania. Oh. Which Pennsylvania, I thought, was pretty liberal when it came to this type of thing. Hmm. This is what we heard from Pennsylvanians when we were through there is the reason why a lot of Amish people are in Pennsylvania is because there's an unusually high amount of freedom when it comes to child raising, like homeschooling laws and whatnot. Wow. Okay, so the story is... um, Okay, so this is a... This is a blog post. I'll just read the first sentence of this blog post. The authorities should stop equating a rational parenting decision, letting your kids wait in the car a few minutes, with criminal wrongdoing. Um, So this guy, Leonard, is saying that this is a new moral panic that targets moms. So Amanda Frost is a Pennsylvanian mom. She had three kids, ages two, five, and seven wait in the car for 10 minutes while she ran an errand inside a store. So this is where it gets a little crazy. First of all, she's in Kohl's, which, who shops at Kohl's? That's the most offensive part My to me. My mom. Oh, never mind. She's not listening to this. So I will still say that that, to me, is a poor, poor choice. She should get arrested for, she should get arrested for, shopping, for shopping at Kohl's. Kohl's. Yeah. Um, you can buy that shit online. Or at least be seen somewhere. But she was in Pennsylvania. I can't blame her. I don't know. I'm, I haven't spent a day in her shoes. I know um, what it's like to have a two five. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Mom fashion. Um, <laughs> okay, so she's in Coles. And the cops show up because someone called from the parking lot, of course. And uh, they, they say over the PA system at Coles that basically there's a cops that come in for the kids. So she runs out to the car and then she drives off because she was worried that the police would take her kids away. Oh, okay. This is where this is where I start getting pissed off. Wow. Not at her, just that 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 exists. Yeah. Like that. Oh, it's gosh. Fucking crazy. That's so sad. Poor so then, lady. ah, get this. She's charged with three counts of reckless endangerment. Three counts of leaving a child unattended in a vehicle. A count of careless driving. So this 10-minute errand now means that she could be facing up to two years in jail. What? Which is not likely, I just want to say. Oh, I really hope they don't take her away from those kids. So. Oh, my gosh. This author just says, consider the state's logic. For the crime of separation from her kids for 10 minutes which the authorities view as criminally dangerous, mom could be forced to separate from her kids for two full years. Mm. So that kind of is a little bit wacky. Yeah. Um, but so then <clears throat> someone, and I get a little bit lost in this article because this guy is quoting this other author who's quoting who knows who. But the bottom line is one of these guys is saying that a lot of where this originates from is this 1980s stranger danger. Do you remember that? Like, Yeah. All of this, like, watch out, don't take lollipops from strangers, there's going to be razor blades in the Halloween candy, Um, and he talks about missing pictures were put on milk cartons without anyone bothering to explain that the vast majority were um, were runaways or taken by parents in contentious custody cases. Yeah. So you have this whole 
generation where people think kids are kidnapped. Mm-hmm. But really, they're either running away or they're like parents are they're, jacking up because they can't get along. They're by the parent. <laughs> but we're thinking, especially in the news age of the 80s, where it's all about strangers but jacking some kids. Some creepo like, that took them. Basically, there's a bunch of people out there just waiting to snatch your kids. And the right. second, if you give them a minute, Right. They're, they're going to be there. They're going to be like, ooh, a two, five, and seven-year-old. I really want them I've to... I've been waiting for that to <laughs> to stick those on eBay. <laughs> because two, fives, and seven-year-olds right now are going huge. Yeah. Or what? They're going to fucking smuggle them to Thailand? and turn... I mean, that's the other case right now. Is the whole sex slavery thing is so yeah. hot. Yeah. That is the cat's pajamas right now in terms of... That's the new, like, oh, it's sex slaves. Your mm. kid's going to be a sex slave. Right. So. Did she lock the doors or? I, You know, it's weird. It doesn't say any of that. Not that I don't <clears> know <throat> if she should or shouldn't. I was just like, curious. I mean, like, first of all, let's talk about how you should leave your kids in the car if you're going to. Which, of course, we don't recommend because we don't want to be held liable <laughs> if you do. Because we never, ever leave our kids in the car. Uh, first of all, I would say take the keys out of the ignition. Um, have tinted windows climate control i think is important Uh, for me it's just unless it's like cold ass winter you just leave the windows down yeah and then if you have a two-year-old you leave a child that's old enough to make sure the two-year-old can't hop out so for us that would be probably like 10 year old plus like a 12 year old yeah once again, FFT has never done this, does not endorse it, and considers you a satanic, evil person if you do this officially on the record. Oh, man. Maybe she just need a fucking break. Well, yeah, she was going to fucking Kohl's. I know. I'm just to, saying, like... Maybe she was doing some heroin maybe, maybe the, or whatever. Maybe the cop could have just, like, babysat. I don't think that's, like, really what cops do. I know. I'm just, I'm just playing around here. Um. Okay. So, let's see here. All this like stranger danger stuff. This guy is saying the public has come to believe that any instance of a kid waiting in a car, however briefly, represents moral mortal danger. A brief wait is not only safe. This is what this author is saying. It is safer than being taken out and crossing the parking lot. That's kind of ironic. I thought about that. I was like, what if they were safer in the car than crossing the, like trying to wrangle a two, five, and seven-year-old crossing the parking lot? I know how that works. So this this case has not been settled. There's been hundreds of dollars of fines, which actually seems on the low end to me um, for a court case. Um. The mom is expected to enter an accelerated rehabilitative disposition program in which she will spend the next six months to two years under the probation-like supervision and perform community service with the expectations that the charges will be dismissed after successful completion. This just seems <clears throat> so overreactionary. Like, even if they just wanted to give her, like, a $300 fine and be like, hey, don't do this again. Like, isn't that enough? Like... Like, I get it if you think she shouldn't do that. Okay, do something but to make sure she doesn't do it again. But that just seems really extreme. Well, I think... Really extreme. Like, this is what I've noticed in the old YouTube comments. 
we can't get away with much. Like, if we put an address up, our own address, someone comments and says, your address is up. That's dangerous. And I'm like, okay, I get that it it does increase the likelihood likelihood that if a wacko is watching and they want to kill us, now they can come to our house and kill us. But the response that people have, they almost treat it as if, if you're putting your address up, you are asking for murder. And it's almost like a one-to-one correlation of like, it's dangerous. You're being completely negligent. Whereas it like takes your chances from like, I don't know like what the chances of being murdered in America are like one in a million. I'm just like pulling that out of my ass, but to like what two in a million, like I'll take that chance. Like that's not a huge increase. Um, but the way people speak out about it, it's almost like it's wrong. It's it's become wrong to even do it. People aren't even assessing the risk anymore. They just have these like triggers where they're like kid in car wrong. Well, and it's 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 attached to I think morality now too. Where I guess in some ways there's always been I'm sure parenting morales, but plus there's some sort of like you know what like virtue signaling is where people are like. It's one of those phrases people use on like blogging where they're like, they almost like say these things and put people down as a way to like let themselves and the world know like where they stand and how moral they are. So when you're walking through a parking lot and you see these kids in a car, you could, if you actually thought about it, you could be like, one, this is none of my damn business. Two, like no one's actually in any danger. There's, are there any criminals? No. Check. Is the weather fine? No. Check. If I really care, I can sit there and watch. But no, you actually have to call the cops. And you have to pat yourself on the back and say, that should not be happening. And I did my duty for the day to prevent it from happening. It reminds me totally of what the person who called CPS on us when we were hiking the trail. I mean, that person literally said, now I can sleep at night. And it's like, okay, good fucking job. Now, you just made it hell for us, and now you can fucking sleep at night. Because you satisfied so you your made, code. That person just made it hell for that mom, so now you can fucking sleep at night. Good fucking job. <laughs> That's just like, people just don't think how their actions are actually going to do more harm than good. Well, to that person, there isn't the equation of more harm. I think it's just like that's dangerous. It's very black and white, yeah. Yeah. That's dangerous and it's my duty to stop danger. Yeah. That person should have just been a cop probably. <laughs> Instead of a whatever they are. Citizens arrest cop. Yeah. Those are the worst kind, I suppose. Okay. Um final article. And I wish I had some uh you know positive news that's just not how news goes like puppies being born yeah (laughs) doesn't make the news okay oh this one's a little dark too catholic church spent 10.6 million to lobby against legislation that would benefit victims of child sex abuse wait to lobby against against 
legislation, so that laws, would, yeah, that would benefit victims of child sex abuse. What? Really? They did that? According to this headline, um, this is from CBS, and the first line says, a new report released Tuesday reveals that over the past eight years, the Catholic Church has spent $10.6 million in the northeastern, so that's only in actually in like certain states too. It's not very many states. It lists all the states here. Um, has spent $10.6 million in the northeastern United States to fight legislation that would help victims of clergy sexual abuse seek justice. Okay, oh, I want to. So they're like protecting their own ass, kind of thing. That's what the article is indicating. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to. Um, I do want to pause for a second and just explain how I see the news and how we use it on this podcast, because I don't trust the news. Okay, so well, it's just one angle. Like it's just one angle, and it's always an angle. By mm-hmm. the way, yeah. It always has an agenda. And the Catholic Church is an easy target right now. And maybe rightfully so. Uh, I'm not going to defend the Catholic Church. But I also don't want to hop on the bandwagon and just be like, oh, take all this for fact. But here's the other thing. This, we're not going to be fact-checking this shit. Like, because I don't care if it's true. And when I say that, I mean, like, we're approaching it as if it is. But I'm also approaching this as if this is news. Okay, so I just want to give you that. I'm not a reporter myself. I'm not going to go and like, I, I'm trying to find these from what I consider like credible sources, or at least I'm going to link to all the sources so you can check it out if you want. Um, but, and the reason why I say this specifically with this article is because to me that this headline is a little bit fishy. Like it says, Catholic Church spent $10.6 million to lobby against legislation that would benefit victims of child sex abuse. So this like, you know how the news, like it can reach really far. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a shit about Trump, but I see these headlines about Trump where they're like, Trump, um, like, because people are so anti-Trump now, it will say like Trump nominates person who married a person who worked at a school that was spanking gay people, right. and I'm like, okay, the way you wrote that headline, it makes me. Well, they wouldn't write that way. They would say Trump is anti-gay or something like that. Yeah. Just because of that link, that like connection. So anyways, I have like no doubt that some of this is true, but I just want to leave before we start burning people at the stake. I want to just say that there's a good chance that there are some legitimate reasons on the other side. Like, for example, like I just know and another example would be um, um, like minimum wage rules where you could say, oh, um, Catholic Church is against helping poor people because they they might be against raising the minimum wage to 20 fucking dollars in Seattle. And I'm just making all this up. Um, but maybe they're not for all the other things that raising the minimum wage represents. I don't know. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, I don't know. We're like, just... there could be a, a lot in this story that's being left out. Yes, there's always stuff and, that's left and out. And maybe purposefully so. Maybe not. It's always purposeful. Maybe so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, good writing is leaving things out. And I just think you're an idiot, no offense, if you don't think the news has an agenda. Whoops. I'll go turn oh. that off. Sorry, that's our um, 
dehumidifier down here. Okay, so that being said, we're going to discuss this article as if it's true. In New York, for example, the Catholic Church spent almost $3 million lobbying against the Child Victims Act, which Governor Andrew Cuomo ultimately signed into law February 14th. The act gives survivors more time to seek justice against their abusers, increasing the age at which victims are able to sue from 23 to 55. So basically, if you um, were 35 under the old law and you suddenly realize that everything that happened to you between the ages of 11 and 16 was dangerous and sh wasn't right and shouldn't have happened and was actually a sexual or, or you're like abuse. just in the place where you want to seek justice yeah yeah then you can go for it you can file a up until 55 years old yep. this, what before the... you were just kind of like fucked literally and you're legally. like 24 and you're like oh damn like, well you I just wanna... can't they're like too yeah. late it's passed right that window um, is gone Similarly, in Pennsylvania, where in 2018 a grand jury reported detailed evidence of more than 300 priests credibly accused of sexually abusing more than 1,000 children, the Catholic Church spent more than $5 million lobbying to keep current restrictions in place on the statute of limitations in which victims can seek criminal or civil charges against their abusers. Um, the funneling of such a large chunk of money to the church's lobbying arm, the Catholic Conference Policy Group, with the intention of co combating reform that could benefit sexual abuse victims, seems directly counter to recent statements the church has made publicly, vowing to take accountability. So let's hmm. pause there for a second. I want to talk about this first thing, and that is raising the statute of limitations from 23 to 55. I am totally in favor of that. I think it takes for, especially when you're sexually abused as a child, it takes, it can take decades for you to get to a point where you, A, wrap your mind about what really happened because you have sought counseling and maybe it's taken years of counseling to get to that point. And then B, you're, you see, you actually have the courage at that point to seek justice. Well, not only, can we just say this? Not only can it not take decades, it can take an entire lifetime. Yeah. In previous generations, I don't think it was uncommon at all for people to go to the grave with these secrets. Yeah. I mean, an uncle or dad or grandpa touched you. You didn't tell anyone. Right. You buried that shit and you died with it. Right. And it tore you up on the inside the whole time. And you were like sexually dysfunctional your entire life. But- what are you going to do? Talk about it to your parents? Mm -hmm. Or you're like... Your Catholic parents? <laughs> yeah. No way. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. So even the fact that people are bringing it up 20 or 30 years later, I think is actually an evolution. It, that's quick. Yeah, that's, that's like um, lightning speed. So... And I know, I have a friend who was sexually molested by his dad, and he must be in his low 30s now, but it was him and all of his brothers, and he came to me for advice about five years ago, 
and I said, go to t file a police report. Um, they were all like wanting to move past it and not deal with it or bring it up. And I, I suggested file a police report because I had just been reading about all these like kind of rape cases, that whole Missoula book by John Krakauer and the justice system is jacked up for sure with sexual abuse victims. I think, um, probably especially female, but it, you know, my experience has been that being a male is not a whole lot easier. I mean, it's not cool to be a male sexual abuse victim. It's just, they're usually females. And there's some sort of benefit, I think. And cause, cause a lot of sexual abuse victims, they think it's their fault. And when the law actually does come down on the other side and say, no, what happened to you was wrong. Hmm. It actually is the type of confirmation that someone needs to, like be sane you know yeah, it's like someone standing up for you when someone should have stood up for you when you're a child now they're standing up for you when you're an adult yes um can you talk for a minute i need to get a new camera battery um yeah okay yeah i mean i think there's a whole nother level with when you ha bring spirituality into this, that is really tricky. Like if these are priests, like, so these are these kids priests doing that, doing this, this is their spiritual home. And usually the whole family is, is connected to this spirituality. And I think, I don't know. I had some abuse happen to me is my youth pastor so from church so it's like that stuff that stuff runs really really deep and it's really confusing because you connect it also to your beliefs in god um which is a whole nother level i think so i i would say for these people it could it could take even longer to come to grips with Oh, this was actually really wrong. Because you might have to get to a point where you're you're super angry at God. You stop believing in God. You know, maybe that stuff gets, like, reversed and stuff. I don't know. But there's just a lot, a lot there. Well, so I'm sure Statue of Limitations is there for a good reason. You know, who wants to steal a candy bar and then have cops knock on your door 25 years later? And you have to worry about that. Yeah. But, but then I'm just like, this is not, this is overextending its purpose. I think I feel like if these, so I don't know if they're, these churches are just worried that, uh, they're going to like go under, but then it's like, well then they should go under. Like if this shit is happening, what's the worst thing that can happen? The church stops, ex stops existing. Maybe that it should stop existing if this kind of stuff is like happening and it's like not it's n nothing's getting better so unfortunately this really does not surprise me that a church just like any other business entity would spend their money to protect themselves yeah and a place where people are supposed to actually find healing and 
God and love, it, they're finding the opposite. Well, it seems like the case that would be made by the church, if I'm to play devil's advocate, play devil's advocate would be that this is a relatively small number of people. Relatively. It, relatively. Relatively to the Catholic Church? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, they're going to say, hey, a lot of people are, and I'm not even saying that they're saying this, but I think some of the psyche Something behind Something systemically it, is wrong, though. Cammy. I know. <laughs> I'm playing the devil's advocate here. <laughs> All right. We're Go changing ahead. gears. Okay. So, their thought is, yeah, okay, so a few people got molested. And these people are really loud and exaggerated. That's how they see it. But so many people have been helped. That's have they though? Cammy. Now I'm that's playing those. That's their experience. Okay. That's what they would say. Alright, alright. And and by the way, that's how a large business operates. Ford makes a car, a few people die. And they're like, fuck it. 90,000 people had a great experience with the car. Yeah. So are we going to like, no, do everything for those two people? No, they'll start a fucking lobbying group and go to bat. Or people want milk. And if like hundreds of thousands and millions and billions of cows need to be abused for the milk and the the meat, so be it. Wow. Right? that's shifting gears, Dad. <laughs> that's just fresh on my mind. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, way to make no, that but it's the same. Fit. I mean, it's one of the largest cash. No, that is that's that's. I think that's a different topic. Really, though, I mean, cars and milk—it's—they're both like making bank. People just don't. People don't want to know about that information. Exactly. People don't want to know that little boys are being abused either if they're happy in their little Catholic church. Yeah, maybe. I see the correlation, but go ahead. Well, executive. I just think it's a normal business thing. Yeah. No. So what's shocking about it? To kind of like turn the blind eye to the few and just keep trudging forward. Protect the organization. Yeah. What makes it frustrating is first of all that the church is saying i guess in the press more recently they're they're saying that they're finally they are going to own it but when you follow the dollars i mean how would you actually own that it's kind of like what you just said yeah words are like, cheap yeah words yeah. are cheap you yeah. would have to accept the responsibility and whether it's paying the restitution making public apologies changing your processes which i don't really think it's capable of honestly i had a bean burger for date night just saying that was big that was a big step for me <laughs> that was you taking your time play <laughs> you weren't going to though until i told you Shh, <laughs> you were hey, like let's hey, go hey. get hamburgers and i said you just fucking said you want to be a vegetarian you're like oh i know but i want a hamburger <laughs> hey i'm trying to look good <laughs> for people you're like the Catholic Church. Oh, okay. Touche. All right. Aren't we all? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so first of all, they're saying, 
that they're making things right. According to this article, the Catholic Church is going on record and, and the Pope is saying all this stuff like, hey, we finally want to own it. So then when it comes out that they're actually spending tens of millions in the background, or 10.6 million is what the article said, um, it's like, yeah, you're not putting your money where your mouth is. Second of all... But it's not showing how much money they did. So there, this article is saying how much money they posted against it do they is there money that they have shelled out towards victims that i don't know this article was not about that and like i said there's kind of a slant to this article but yeah. it doesn't mention that that i read hmm. second of all i think people are expecting more of the church if the church really is a spiritual organization that's supposed to talk about love and jesus and bringing heaven to earth or whatever it is then you're not supposed to be spending money covering your ass at the sake of victims that you abused. And that's where I think it is a tragedy that this is happening. The only advantage I think I have is that I'm not surprised by it um, because I see church as basically business equivalent um but i this before would have made me really ang angry uniquely angry now i'm just standard angry because i'm like well yeah yeah of course before you'd be like or i'd be like this should not be and now i'm like yeah this is how it is this is reality <laughs> yeah this is and rea Normal, reality sucks yeah so um they make a lot a lot of positive statements when the church literally puts its money where its mouth is it's on the other side it's on the side of self-protection and not help for the survivors williams told cbs news i believe the church has a long way to go to show that it stands with survivors i believe that this these data indicate that it's not standing with the survivors that in fact it's standing against the survivors williams who i think is is he the author i don't know who williams is believes it's likely that at least some of the money used by the catholic church to combat extending the statute of limitations for survivors came from the sunday collections from the faithful so that's a little interesting twist Ugh. is that just makes me sick is the money that comes from the offering plate. Mm. And this is where this fucking article is so frustrating because it says could have come from. Oh, okay. So no one actually knows where this money's come from, but they know it's coming from. But it's not a stretch probably to say that. But I'm not no, saying it's, it's, it's not like fact. I'm just saying. Well. It's not a stretch at all. But it's just not fact. But I'll never forget when I worked for a church like right out of my one year of college and i was getting like i don't know it's like 200 dollars a month or 400 dollars a month or something i thought it was like a huge amount so therefore you were perfect for the job yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> anyways i went and saw an r-rated movie and i was standing in line at the ticket office and i was just thinking because I had just come from Bible college where R-rated movies and white t-shirts, by the way, were off limits. You couldn't wear white t-shirts. 
Um, guys and girls, right? Or is it just girls? Oh, I'm talking about guys. Did girls have that rule? I don't even, I don't remember rules except for a curfew. That's all I remember. <laughs> no dancing, no dice, no cards, no white t-shirts. No bras. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> no sex. That's for gosh dang sure. Yeah. Um, so there's no R-rated movies at school. So then I go straight to work at a church and I'm in line to see an R-rated movie and my conscience is just like... Let me guess. Schindler's List? No. <laughs> Because that came out a couple of years before. Mm-hmm. That came out when I was in high school. I don't remember what it was. But um, then I was just thinking, these people put the money in the offering plate. The faithful. The faithful. <laughs> and now I'm going to spend it on an R-rated movie. How fucked up is that? <laughs> and I was just thinking, how do the other people that get paid way more than $200 a month deal with this? Do they see R-rated movies? I know they're doing way more worse stuff than that. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you're told you're giving this money to God. You put it in the offering plate and you think it's going to homeless folks. It's not. And you have to be a bit idealistic and a bit naive to, to put your money in the thing and think that. Which I did, by the way. But I'm just saying. Or you just don't think. And or you don't is- care. Or you just don't well, care. I mean, you don't care enough. Well, okay, this is the line of reasoning that I think goes into that. And we were talking about that this week with my guy friends on Tuesday night. When you put money in the offering plate, we were taught that that money then goes to God. You're, you're actually giving it to God himself. Yeah. And th- therefore, it kind of goes through this like wash cycle <laughs> where then the people, like God gives it to the people but then it's almost like God's responsibility. But you're doing... So you're off the hook. But you're doing God's work if you work at a church, supposedly. So therefore... But I mean, I I see where... Are you doing God's work? Well, because people are saying... you're watching an R-rated movie. Because how it was in like the Old Testament with the temple was you give the, you give like the cows or whatever to God, the sacrifices, and then like the dude's there and he like takes care of it and all, but he's just kind of like he's just a doofus that works there you know and he might take a cut but that's kind of from god but you're let off the hook the second you take it to the temple and that was all the bible verses that were used when we gave you know people were like hey you give the money to god and there'd be like a sermon about it yeah which i think there's a truth to that but there's a lot of actually manipulation to that also for sure there's also this other angle where we're just talking to someone last week about this where this person gave money for years and didn't care at all where it went they were just like i felt good about giving it because i was doing it for god and i didn't really care where the money went and i bet a lot of people actually are in that same boat okay that's the news that's our podcast um now uh we would have a phone call now, but do you know what we have to do tonight instead? Uh-oh. Yep. Crickets this for you guys. hurts me more than it hurts you. I don't want to do it. I wish it wasn't true, um, but you guys made the choice. Um, you guys are all adults, and you have to live with it.
Here it is. Doing it long. Doesn't feel good, does it? <laughs> Imagine how it feels on our end. Now, we could just let it go. But why would we do that? I say we press charges. <laughs> I say we start a lobbying group. Um, we got a couple choices here, people, a couple conclusions we can come to. One is we're not interesting enough for you folks, and we don't give you stuff to actually think about or respond to. So either the stuff we say is just like, eh. Either it's our fault. I don't even have an opinion on that. Fault. Is that what you're really saying? Um, or we're so, like, worthless <laughs> <laughs> that it's, like, not even engaging. You barely have enough energy to even listen, and you're just like, eh. I want to support them, but... Uh. But it's like, yeah, I don't want to encourage this anymore. And if that's the case, I'm willing to take it, I think. But there's another option, which is that you out there need to own this you make our podcast interesting <laughs> come on and that i'll bet you there's people out there that are thinking oh this is my um altar call by the way this is me pass and we're gonna pass an offering play <laughs> guilt next. trip um, here we go no actually this isn't guilt but this is fact but it's also guilt <laughs> uh, and it's not guilt it's manipulation oh, okay. okay that's better um, <laughs> is that out there you are thinking oh my question that i have is not interesting enough. And mm. someone else is going to call. I would be in that boat, by the way. I yeah, get, oh, I, I, know, get that. I, sh I know you would. And you're like, I, oh. don't, I don't need to call. Someone else will call. Yeah. I don't need to be vulnerable. Someone else will be vulnerable. <laughs> this is not my show. This is their show. Mm. Come and entertain me. So if that's you, dear listener, I have... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten words for you. Two, zero, six, <laughs> six, five, one, <laughs> five, seven, four, four. Make this phone section great again. Amen. 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 Where, where is, we got this. <laughs> All right. But seriously, you don't have to call. Um, but we like your calls. Oh, my gosh. I had one more thing. Do we want to go? Oh, man. I forgot about this big one. Do we want to go for another 10 minutes? Sure. Why not? Okay. This... I still have to smoke my cigar. Yeah, that's true. Um, this is actually near and dear to my heart. And I don't like to talk about it. Okay. You, you don't want to be vulnerable? I really don't. So... There is this Facebook group that I'm a part of, and it's um, people of that are like on the fringes of the faith community. And this lady posts this post. Can you read this, Cammie? Yeah. So my friend from my old church texted my, me and told me that our pastor read this post of mine at church today. I'm still friends with the pastor on Facebook. He omitted my name. I don't know how I feel. Part of me is upset because I feel like he should have asked my permission. 
Part of me is happy because the people in the service heard a positive message. How should I feel about this? I don't know. So then she goes on to post her original post. So just so you get this fact straight, this girl posts this thing on her private Facebook page, which I didn't know is private, but it comes out later that it's private. Then she finds out from a friend that a pastor read it anonymously as part of a sermon. Okay. You follow? I'm following. Okay. Yep. And she says, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. So before you hear my answer, what do you think? So she, her specific question is, part of me, she says, part of me is upset because I feel like I should have asked permission. Part of me is happy because I want people to hear this positive message. And then she asks, how should I feel? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could tell you what I would have done if I was that pastor. But what? that that isn't necessarily, I don't see it as like there's one right way to have done this. But my personality, I think, lends to I don't want people to feel taken advantage of or, I mean, you and I have this conversation a lot with our vlog because we'll have something that happens with someone we know in real life and Ben will want to talk about it with not really, where we don't give personal information. Um, but you'll t- you'll want to talk about it without talking to the person first, and that makes me uncomfortable. Because it's an I make it anonymous. But it still makes me uncomfortable. Now I don't think you're in the wrong. I don't think it's a morality thing. Like I'm not like oh man you su- you're such a jerk. Um, because you didn't give any personal information. But I think it it can undermine the relationship, and that what that's what makes me a little nervous about those kinds of things. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Especially since she said she's still friends with the pastor, so he could have probably <clears throat> easily have said, hey, are you okay with me sharing this? And he could have even made it like a cool thing in that like, oh, I maybe he was impacted by it. And he's like, oh, that's really cool that that happened or whatever. I would love to use it. And the only thing he risks is her saying no. And then it's like, well, then his he has to shift his sermon a little bit. Or I would hope he would. <laughs> I'd hope he wouldn't share at that point. Because I think at that point, it's like, well. Why? I I just, that's what I would do. I wouldn't want to share something that someone wouldn't just want to share. Just because it's public? Or like, just because it's a sermon? Because like, this happens all the time. Like, you know, all... Um, I'll be talking with someone and someone will tell me a crazy story about their aunt who won the lottery or that's a bad example because that's huge, but their aunt who is a drug addict and going through a hard time. Then I'll be hanging out with another friend and they'll share someone with me and then I'll say, oh my gosh, I I know someone who their aunt is an addict and they just found help from this book. And if I don't say the name, I don't feel like that person owns that story. I mean, unless I'm giving away their identity or compromising their safety or here's the other thing, jacking their intellectual property. So when you get into copyright stuff, so I'm just going to give away what I said. Yeah. So I'll just read my response. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not put much time into this, okay? Yeah. I said, we all post things that incorporate uh, other people all the time without seeking permission. Wait, is that my original thing? Uh, this... 
by the way, this thing became a cluster. Man, okay. people start getting sexist on you, it looks like. You're Cammy. Oh, I'm sorry. I just. Cammy. Sorry. Punchline. Jeez, that's why I don't <laughs> want you to tell a joke. We're, we're going to get there, okay? okay? okay. Well, I'm sorry. You didn't even I just, read what I said. I, I saw one line and Don't I, look. it made me upset because I think sexism either way is not okay. Okay. I said, we all post things that incorporate other people all the time without asking permission. When you post something on the internet, it becomes public domain. If he's going to use your private details or if it's a piece of art you want credit for, he should get permission. But we're all living memes. And I... I kind of said that, I mean, the living memes thing, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's really not. Like, so I think there's two th parts of things that are, like, really protected. One is, at least legally, one is copyright. Like, if I'm going to play your song that I'm making money off of, you're supposed to get the money legally. The other is, if I'm actually going to jack your privacy, you know, if I'm like, hey, Cammy wears no underwear mm -hmm. on Thursdays. Yeah. Um, then I should ask your permission. But if I if I say, hey, I know a girl that doesn't wear underwear on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. Like... People do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're posting stuff to 500 people on the internet, you can't expect everyone to come to you before they tell your story to other people. or Because it kind of incorporates into their lives at a certain point. Hmm. You know, where, you know, two years later... Our lives are kind of a conglomeration of... Now, he did read this, I guess, word for word, minus the names or anything, mm -hmm. or if it had any names. And I didn't even read the post. So this is where it gets a little funny. <laughs> so Cammy jumped the gun. And this has lots of, like, five angry faces, which actually isn't much. <laughs> one shocking face. It did get a thumb up, but only one. And then someone says, um, okay, so... First real comment is someone says a girl named I'm assuming it's a girl named Holly says says a dude to a woman about her post about her body, okay, which has thirteen hearts and thumbs up. Um, then I say I didn't notice it was a woman because I didn't I didn't even read the post nor did I care I just read that initial post about the person saying that. And it's just my opinion, but I guess we should make this about sex. Do males that disagree deserve to be discounted? So then it gets a bunch more angry faces. And then there's just like this whole tirade of, um, I don't know. It's really fascinating, I think, how it just went from then someone makes this thing that says, that's right. You get there and derail that conversation. It's not about you, but get in there and make it about you or something like that. And it was, it was like really actually discouraging. Someone else says, Ben, check your privilege. Um, read the full post, read the OP's thoughts, read all the responses made by women in this thread. And if that doesn't do anything for you, you might want to check that dude, bro, bullshit, life you're living yikes so and then it's this like, is the actual person talking to you that originally made the thread huh yeah hmm. Hmm. 
But what, so what's ironic about this particular bulletin board is half the stuff on here is stuff that's jacked from other people's Facebook pages. Because <laughs> people have their, like, weird religious aunt post some thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. some weird prayer request on Facebook. Then they'll blur out the name, and they'll stick it on there, and everyone and will, like, mock that. the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah. Anyways, it was it was really discouraging for me because hmm. now I get it. I'm not the most tactful person on the planet. Okay, I've come to understand this. We can get into Enneagram one of these days. Like I'm an eight. I have one angle. And and honestly, part of my angle is I know this angle isn't represented. So there's there's this like bandwagon where everyone's like, Oh, that creepo, he should have asked you. And I'm like, you know, I think it probably would have been more polite to ask. But I also understand the other side. So you hear this message, it becomes yours in a way, you know, because it changes your life. And then you want to share this story. Um, and I, I get weirded out the fact that it's a church because, like I said, I already see it as a business. So maybe he, sh- he should be, you know, if. Yeah. But let's just let's say churches are good places for a second or pretend. And, you know, he wants to share this encouraging message. And he could go and ask this girl, but that becomes weird too. If every time I'm going to share someone's story, yeah, I have to go I ask someone's permission and be like, Hey, can I use this? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been in that position a ton where it actually is so much easier not to. Um, and just to say, Hey, if you post shit online, it's like, you don't own it. Like you don't own the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. You're sharing it with. Mm-hmm. That's why you click share, right? You know, um, I don't know. I'm more just now. I'm like derailed and just like am a, a bit appalled by how they've treated you on this post. Well, you know, it's why I didn't show it to you actually this whole week. <laughs> oh man, I would love if you just get on. I should get on there and be like, I this is actually. Ben's wife all along talking and then they'd be like oh never mind about that privilege stuff well I I do believe that there is you know I don't know what even to call it uh, sex I I mean I think I think a lot of these women have been hurt by men I've been hurt by men I've been hurt by our culture and how patriarchal it is but I have a problem when you swing too far the other way and then you don't let other people have a voice just because they have a dick. I have a problem with that. So I I was like really struggling with like part of me just like wanted to like get on there and like lay out the logical argument. It would have been such a it's such a lose lose. Like I wasn't gonna win anyone over. But I, it, it actually is really what I, they're saying is really unfair. Well, I didn't read the post in its entirety just skimmed but my guess is there is a lot of like emotional masturbation going on between women and then that dude gets on there with a little bit of logic and they're like get the fuck out of here yeah that's what basically what it was (laughs) and i don't think emotional masturbation is bad and i don't think logic's bad but i think i think there should be a place for both well what's sad to me and this is a reminder so to me You know, we spent a good portion of our life in the church, and the last three to four years have been 
our emotional existence has been outside the church. And my experience is the church I, I see as a highly controlling, fairly manipulative environment. That's it's very patriarchal too. I'm just throwing that in there, given right. given the context of what's okay. Yes, throw it in there. Um, but and it's I think along with that power manipulation comes abuse, and when you exit that what i've seen is a lot of the people exiting it are pointing fingers at it but they're actually just as abusive yeah and just as black and white and just as manipulative um right and that is really unfortunate i think because the thing that you're trying to leave, you're wearing, you're, it's a different package, but you're actually not, you haven't left it. You're mm-hmm. just replicating it and you don't know a true other way. And that's, that's where what I want is not just to leave that brand of it and start another brand mm-hmm. of basically manipulation or anger. Or I think there's actually, to me, salvation is actually a different way of seeing with a capacity of loving and accepting yourself and others and i don't want to get too religious and hippy dippy here but if if it's not actually different compositionally in that type of way i don't care i might as well go back to church and just and that's what i i think that's what i i did end up responding and i said this is really weird like if i wanted my opinion judged I would just go back to church and all this is a group of people that have left the church, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's why I left. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it's so weird that the original asker, she she even says, I don't know. Part of me feels cause, cause the two sides of it. And this is what makes this so tricky. The original issue, <clears throat> part of her feels violated because she wishes the guy would have come to her. And then part of her feels good because the whole reason why you post anything on Facebook anyways, it's cause you want it shared. You want to be, you feel more significant. And when your experience is shared by others, it val- it feels validating. I wonder if she would have felt differently if it was shared in a different context. That could be. I wonder if it's because it was shared at church that was kind yeah. of weird and for I, her. I, I totally understand that it actually would be weird. Yeah. I mean, because social media is weird. I mean, yeah. it's weird when we meet someone who's watched two years of our vlogs and we've never met them before and they know everything about us. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But it just things are that way but the but she the benefit of this was she had this message that she cared about Mm -hmm. she posted online and then let's just say 300 people at a church i don't know how many was Mm -hmm. heard this message and that was cool too Mm -hmm. so she was torn on it yeah so i think the reason why she was torn was because it's not black or white yeah and here everyone's saying oh that creepo that creepo that that weirdo like he should have come to you he should have come to you and I'm like, and if it was a woman pastor, would they be saying the same thing? I don't know. And I'm like, you know, maybe I, I said the way I see digital. I, to me, it's not a sex thing. It's like the way I see digital, the digital age. Uh, and yeah. I expect to, I expect to be treated this way. Hmm. You know. Where did it land? It didn't. Oh, so you were? Did anyone say like, "Oh, sorry for judging you"? When oh, you, you know, like, I, I mean, I stopped reading it because I oh, just okay. couldn't really. Yeah. I'm thinking about saying one more thing, but I just, 
it's it's hard for me to know what exactly is going on. I like did I, any other guys comment or was it all girls except for you? I don't know. Yeah, I guess you didn't read everything. Um, That's fine. There's a hundred and six total comments. Mm-hmm. I think like twenty or thirty of them are dedicated to my thread. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's um end. We don't have any voice messages, but we do have this comment left from, I think it's the previous episode, um, and it's cool. So can you please mm-hmm. read this? Yeah. This is from Thurston. Freedom of any speech is really important. Here are three thoughts on the topic. First, if someone is promoting a view that some in society determine to be hateful, then freedom of speech allows others to respond and point out the pitfalls or problems of that hateful view. This allows all of us to be better informed on the subject. Second, in my mind, freedom of speech is closely associated with freedom of thought. If you are forbidden from expressing or investigating an idea because it is taboo, then how do you come to any conclusions about that taboo topic or related topics? What I think is dangerous is if an outside of you group, like YouTube, university professor, church board, etc., determines bad or harmful speech, then they will eventually determine that something I am saying is bad or harmful. Today, it is not Nazism. 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 Tomorrow, it may be homeschooling. I think I have no problem with limitations if I am the one making the determination on my speech, self-censorship. Third, I think the practice of some in society who shout, shout down or deplatform speakers with whom they disagree is not practicing freedom of speech. If they don't listen, then how are they going to learn anything new? In my life, learning often happens when I come up against a view that I think is wrong. I either better learn why I disagree, or I modify my existing view, or I completely change my view. So this is a response to last week's topic on the whole YouTube banning the Nazi videos, you know? Yeah. And I just forgot to read this at the beginning. Yeah. But I thought that was... That's good. I like that. Yeah. I think there's definitely benefits to not having censorship Mm -hmm. for the furthering discussion and thought. Yeah. All right. That's it for today, guys. Another episode, last episode of the 30s. Um, All the links to the articles today and the phone number to leave a message is in the show notes. Um, You can find this podcast all over the place. We have links below. I forgot. I'm supposed to mention these, but I never do. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to donate to our chair fund, we're sitting on uncomfortable chairs now for an hour and 19 minutes and five seconds, six seconds nine seconds um they're not chairs they're stools yes they're stools so we have started a chair fund uh it's a way you can contribute to our podcast um over paypal or venmo every dollar is greatly appreciated but nothing is expected um and we'd love to hear your responses to any of these thoughts today in the comment section on the youtube video or in the voice message let us know what you think about any of these articles or anything we talked about here today. No more crickets. No more crickets. <laughs> All right, guys. See ya. Good night. Good night.
Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.